Geekfreaks. I am Freak. And today I'm joined by Patrick Vermeyer. How you doing today? Good, man. How about you? Patrick is the artist, one of the artists, on The Rotted Liar, a comic book series. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what Rotted Liar is about? Yeah. So The Rotted Liar is basically... It's a series of short stories and it, including some like a little bit artier ones. There's sort of yeah. some, some poetry and stuff as well, which is basically a, it's basically like a world building tool for, for Chris Jerome and I's um, ongoing project Discordia. So the rotted liar is set within the world of Discordia and is a way to flesh out basically the, the folklore and of different continents and parts of history that, that we don't necessarily get to see in the ongoing story of discordia but that informs that story or or just flesh it out or are just little you know fun little snippets yeah so as for scale discordia is the world where we talk about the continent of odessa here right yeah and then even more specifically like the, the region or country of, yeah. <laughs> of aventi so it shows how much farther we can go with this there's a lot yeah. more to explore Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a, a huge amount of history, too. Um, Chris is is really good at the world building, and he and I are both big fantasy nerds at heart and, and love a good D&D session on the weekend or whatever. And so I think that some of that really comes through here. Like yeah. this is There's a lot of world building and, uh, you know, just like, it's it's pretty rich, I guess, for lack of a better word. There's a lot of texture to it. Yeah. As a fellow fantasy fan, you get the vibes right off the bat with the maps included. So you start yeah. with the map of Avanti, and then by the end, you get the map of Odessa. So you're already like, whoa, that's all those stories I just heard are from mm. this little corner <laughs> in this big Right. Map. Yeah. Which is, you know, not to, to, to speak on any of the other continents that may or may not exist or, you know, there's a lot, right. there's a lot of other stuff to explore, which is really cool. Really exciting to, to work on a project. Like this. Yeah. Now in particular, the, the, the part of the, well, let's let's talk about Chris real quick before we go too much farther. Uh, did Chris do the writing for all the stories? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it, just to give you guys an idea, each story is told in a different way, as as well as how the art is uh, shown. So some are poetic, some are very, I, I, well, to be honest with you, all of them are very horror-oriented, you know, but some of the kind of like campfire horror stories. And some mm-hmm. of those stories that your grandma would tell you that were just like <laughs> really meant to keep you up at night. Right. Uh, so they all have their own feel. Now for the art way, we're, we're, we're framing this around a man sitting by a tree and a, and a odd stranger showing up. That's your department, correct? Yeah. 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 So that's the story that I'm so, so Chris and I are co-creators of this, of this world and of right. all of these theories. There's the, the rotted liar. And then there's also Apocrypha, which is sort of, another way to explore it's a little bit longer format than this one which is strictly short stories the apocrypha is kind of one shots um as well as then discordia which we um are going to be starting on the third issue of eventually mm-hmm. here um okay. well, what was i saying yes <laughs> so the one that i'm working on is sort of the framed narrative which is which is very much like um, Lovecraft inspired. It's this professor yeah. who gets this, who's researching these old stories and looking into the history of, of his own world and this own continent and, and basically going mad as he's figuring these things out with, with the help of, of yes, a dark and mysterious uh, entity. Yes. The entity. Now, question for you. Do they physically exist or is it a form of mental insanity portrayed on, on page? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I'm, I don't know that canonically speaking, there's a 100% a correct answer. Okay. And since Chris isn't here, I can't speak to his opinion yeah. on that. But I would say that it's a little bit of a little bit of both. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I certainly could be either or and it's pretty vague as to to which it like we never really see uh bendel and the bard act with anybody or interact with anyone other than somebody doing this research and like reading these like these forbidden texts and stuff so it's it, it's hard to say but I, I think a little bit of both best of both yeah. probably you get the vibe that in reading the text that these are forbidden texts you're almost summoning the bard to you so it's like a curse yeah. almost. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. Probably considerably more so than a blessing, I would say. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh for the art stylist, was there any sort of inspirations that you that brought to you? Because we're seeing watercolors almost this, this very cool shading with the, the almost the green in his hair of the bard's hair, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's just a little bit the way I like to do to do coloring. Um, I definitely like kind of a more painterly style. It is all digital. The coloring is all digital. Yeah. I do work traditionally for the line art, but the coloring is digital, but it is, it does have that kind of a feel, which is particularly nice for, um, for a book like this, which kind of has that, has that fantasy inspiration. So it, yeah. um, you know, yeah, it wouldn't be too dissimilar than something you would find in, in a D and D handbook maybe, yeah. but, but it is, but it has that like twist of, but if there's something not quite right going on too. Yeah. It also has kind of those old childhood scary storybooks has yeah. that same feel to it as well. Oh, um, good. And, and that's definitely coming across both in the art and in the stories, of course. And was there any inspiration for what these characters should look like? The bard has such a unique look that definitely doesn't look like, he looks like he's misplaced in time. Yeah. So I, I think that that's definitely true. Um, and that, I mean, as he's he's rotting away too, much like the rest of the, like the whole continent. I don't right. know. I mean, yeah. depending on how much of this uh, people have or haven't read, but nothing's going well in the world of Discordia. Yeah. And so uh, the the Dark Bard is definitely like, you know, is, uh, emblematic of everything else that's going wrong. Like he's rotting and all this, like all this lore is rotten. And the history of this world is bad, much like many parts of the history of our world is bad. So there's a lot of analogs going there. Um, specific inspiration. Yeah, he needed to seem old and like he didn't quite fit in. But at the same time, he's kind of like, you know, like he's sort of at like the heart of this world or at, or yeah. at, the, at the history. So even though he's, you know, this is, I guess it, it, he just needs to seem like this isn't his first rodeo, right? Yes. And and you get the vibe of like, is he foreshadowing Doom or is he here because of Doom? You don't know. Right. He's a mystery yeah. box all into his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explore. Definitely. Yeah. Not he's definitely doomed for, for certain individuals, but yeah, whether or not that's a good or bad thing is, is kind of up to the reader at this point. Yes. Uh, and then going forward, we we the the framework of this entire book, this first one especially, uh, are stories written you know, and, and somebody's rewriting them or sharing them and compiling them together. Uh, you know, the first one here, we have something wicked from below, very poetic. Uh, it even says she's sea shanty. You get that vibe. Yeah. It, it has a very pop art feel in a way. Um, mm -hmm. Any thoughts on the story? Um, I mean, it's just, a, it's just an excuse to, to do something really cool. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the nice thing about 
about short short stories in general and about horror and that horror leads like lends itself to short stories because you know to for it to be spooky and unsettling like bad things have to happen and it's hard to have like continuous um or or rather it can be limiting to have continuous characters that you need to right. carry over and follow but like sometimes it, it's quite a bit where uh, it can have a, a bigger impact if you know all the characters get to die at the end or or, yeah. or whatever however it ends up being and so like something wicked from below is just like oh let's let's just do something really cool let's use use this sea shanty which is like a good um storytelling device but also it's just who doesn't love undead water yeah. monsters and yeah and then as for the how it connects to the rest of discordia you're not sure if it should if it does or if it's just a spooky tale out of nowhere and trying to piece this puzzle together is part of the fun of reading this. You know? Yeah, I ho- we hope so. I think that that's definitely the that's definitely. The, I imagine that it, I guess, it does inform the world of Discordia in that this is something that can happen there. And so when you're reading yeah. further Discordia stuff, you know that this kind of thing is on the table. This this type of supernatural elements can exist, et cetera. Like so, it's it is it's basically just a way for us to build out a frame, like a foundation to then right. explore further, whether that be in more short stories or in part of the long form narrative. So can we trust the narration in the fact that these stories are all factual or are some of them folk stories within this world? Ooh, um, I think that we can, st- because of the effect that it has on the writer, yes. the, the various writers, that we know that there's, um, there's certainly something to it. So I, I would okay. say that it, it's more so true than not. Like this is kind of the um, the real history of Discordia, yeah, whereas maybe there are um, that's not necessarily common knowledge. Like people yeah. in the world certainly know that these supernatural elements exist, but this is like this is what's really going on and what's really happening. So I, I would lean more towards the true history. Yeah, and as the you know narrating writers and the reader of the comic book themselves, you guys are getting peeks into forbidden stories. So it makes sense that they're real because somebody yeah. or some <laughs> entity said, no, these stories can't be read and yeah. you're getting a peek. And yeah. so that's why they have such an effect. <laughs> Although there's, yeah, perhaps other people are just wise enough to know that you shouldn't be looking yes. into these things. <laughs> yeah. And then we go right into the next story, which is a change of art. We went from this like almost scary, spooky, and then this pop art, art filter on it to the thorny, the thorny throne, sorry. Um, it has this black and white, and then of course these red flowers, which mm. pop out of it. it. It takes the cover, it takes everything from you, and of course the red flowers are also replaced by red blood, and yeah. this whole thing back and forth. Uh, just a beautiful piece. This this whole entire book is beautiful. This one's a whole different yeah. art style that's really quite gorgeous. Yeah, I mean that's just a cool another thing that's really nice about the short story like format is that each so each of the stories is 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 drawn by somebody else. Right. Um, so it's a really cool chance to to both for Chris and I to see other creators interpret and and work within the the framework that we've created. So it's you know it's a passion project in that sense. Like that's just that's really cool to see what people what people do with it and to um, you know especially especially because the art has come out so great on all of them. It's like oh it's really cool to see that this the story and this framework is inspirational enough for other creators to come up with stuff that cool. Yeah um but yeah 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 how do you find these artists are you going out looking for them are they looking for you and how much input are you giving these artists on on how to handle these stories um because the stories are each 
well, so I guess to step back, very little. I, we're mostly just letting people go wild and do whatever they want to do with okay. with stuff. I mean, there's there's some descriptions of the specific thing, like the, the thorny throne, for example. That's you know, I mean, that's written in the script. But then, you know, we really just want to see what other people want to do with this, and because it is, you know, we're not necessarily using these bits in in the current storyline. Um, like in the ongoing bit and they are just fleshing out the world it's it's just cool to like have that be a collaborative process and let other people help to inform what the rest of the world looks like because it is so big that you know it would be a lifelong undertaking for, for just chris and i to to detail out and design every little bit yeah um but yeah and as far as looking for them i that is that is more of a chris department um i'm always just with my with my nose in in the pages as well so i'm just always yeah. <laughs> getting ink on my face and stuff drawing um and chris is doing all of the legwork on that um but i i believe we're mostly reaching out and, and looking for people but there's you know there's so many great creators doing oh, yeah. comics that you know will never run out of people to work <laughs> that's true uh has there been anything so far in the grand scheme of discordia that has been done by one of these artists that you're like we gotta use that that's a good idea and you bring it forward in a future story planned ahead um, I don't know that we have any examples of that yet, because with this one in particular, we're very much trying to just just to keep to keep going, because because the world is so big. Right. It seems like we haven't gotten to a point where we want to focus in on any of these bits yet. Yeah. Although the, the one of the other spinoff titles that Apocrypha within the same Discordia world was um, it was a one shot, but it was a way to sort of expand upon one particular area and idea so that's definitely something that we want to do in the future um and i i mean i can think of a bunch uh, although i do know in, in issue two um one of the short stories features another worldly group called the unlettered court which will be featured in the ongoing story so there are going to be you know teasers for what's perfect. coming next that's perfect uh, and then we got to look at this lettering that you guys have got here it's uh once you realize what's happening, it makes so much sense. But everything's with this like typewriter typeface. Yeah. Is that a decision you made uh, as the as the framework uh, guy? Um, I again, that would have been a Chris decision, but I think that was something that we had pretty much always been planning on. Just because, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's these characters. Um, first, the initial professor, and then Crowley, his yeah. <laughs> his understudy, um, uh, coming in and and literally writing the the stories that we're then reading um so yeah it's just a little way to layer all that in you know give it a little bit more texture a little bit more grit that you could like you know sink your teeth into and latch onto yeah well what's great is because there is actually like no you know yeah the typical dialogue in these panels that right. these boxes are your connective tissue throughout the entire yeah. story which is it's fantastic it works really well mm -hmm. um and then when we look like we go from from one story to the next, not only is the art different, but so is the paneling, which really kind of gives you this idea like you're reading different books almost. They just happen to be all put together with yeah. one narrator giving you the heads up on everything. It feels yeah. really good reading it. Cool, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that it comes through. I'm glad it's, uh, it's a good read. So the story like Whitebeard, which we're looking at next year, uh, this is with those, those old wise tales. It, it, yeah. Reminds, yeah, those. Uh, and, and it was just kind of something that I feel like you tell the story here and then in like maybe a modern day version of Discordia, somebody mentions like, 
be careful or old white beard will come and get you you know yeah like that. yeah exactly that very much is the that sort of the spirit of what we're trying to do with with these with these books is uh um is, is build up that world and then allow us to have reference points and just flesh it out and give texture to it yeah um, so that yeah like if you've read all of the books and somebody says a throwaway line to one of these things or when some of these other characters or groups or locations come up within the main story even if like the locations have changed because so much time will have passed you know you'll know why and even yeah. though the characters may not know they may be wandering through this you know whatever the, the landscape ends up being you're like oh this is like messed up because of all of, you know whatever's going on whatever monsters are there but if yeah. you've been reading rotted liar you may know you may know more than the characters do which is just a you know that's just a fun little um you know like an easter egg i guess yeah it's one of the reasons like so many times people say oh the book is better than the movie it's because yeah you know yeah you know the thought process behind it all this is the thought process behind the world that, that you're basically uh, building and, and just the last one of the first book here uh glittering iran i believe it's called uh this one yeah. feels like you're actually setting up something big in the world itself the fact that this is contained in just one small country <laughs> is kind of spooky like yeah. you're actually affecting the entire kingdom here mm-hmm. although clearly in the past any any plans on bringing this forward um it certainly informs later storylines i don't know that any of the characters in particular are coming through yeah. but as sort of like an origin story for supernatural elements it, it will be reoccurring <laughs> yeah okay that's good to know all right and then so this is book one it's already out there for everybody to check out but we yeah. also have book two that's on the horizon so before mm-hmm. we go on to book two and discuss that one how can people get their hands on book one um so probably the easiest way will just be to back the Kickstarter for uh, for the second issue, as well as you can get any of the other previously released um, Discordia books. So that's Discordia one and two, as well as uh, Apocrypha and Rotted Liar one, and now Rotted Liar two. Yeah. As well as we did another, we did a Make One Hundred special on Kickstarter, which is a pretty a, a fun little story with a big giant bat monster. Yeah. A, a big little little big yeah. <laughs> <A> little big. <laughs> um. So. You guys have this complete book. It's fantastic. What is it that you're wanting to change to express in the second book? Um, I mean, so things to look forward to is it will be a continued story of the narrator. So of, of Crowley, uh, the character who has taken over of the writing and recording of this lore, we get to see the next step in what happens with that character, yeah. as well as just more, more stories. Um, so we have... Uh, a bunch there's the unlettered um mother creatures well um on the march land lord of the grove and the hangman's oak are stories to uh to look forward to the imagery in hangman's oak is haunting <laughs> yeah that that tree with that smile on his face and uh, his company uh yeah is haunting. yeah 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 very cool yeah and then uh the the seafaring uh episode such a different art style. It almost feels like it, what you'd expect in old history texts. It's really interesting. Yeah. Very good. Very well done. Uh, cool. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, when can they start backing this this Kickstarter? Uh, so we're going to be we're going to be launching on the 24th. Um, so we've got about what's that? 10 days from from today from recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be pretty sweet. I think it's it's going to be 
$10 for the initial or for just book two. And then you can add up to um, 15 for the variant covers, as well as adding whichever of the previous issues you'd like to pick up and catch up on your Discordia reading. Yeah. I, I can't suggest this enough, guys. It's totally easy to read. One of the big things we like around here are books that are easy to read because sometimes, look, Watchmen's great and all, but I don't have all day. You know, It's a bit of a chore sometimes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this is a really good read. Uh, and especially if you're new to the horror aspects of comics, excellent, excellent way to go. Um, Sweet. How could people follow up on you guys? Who should they be following and how? Um, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, at Patrick Biermeyer and Patrick Biermeyer Art on, on Instagram at Polywags um uh polywags 86 on on twitter um chris is on uh facebook and instagram as well as well as just discordia comic on twitter which yeah. is probably the easiest place to follow all of our all of our releases and stuff okay we'll try to put those in the description guys so you can click around follow everybody and keep up to date with everything um i mean really that's about it this is just such a cool comic i can't suggest it enough i've had a lot of fun reading it uh, thank you very much for joining me today yeah thanks so much for having me on all right, guys, everybody listening, we will see you guys next week. Take it easy. Have a safe weekend. Bye.